0: Whatever you just moved almost sounded like Jeff Hodag. And I, was like, <laughs> <"What?">
1: <laughs> I, I don't even have the voice mod on this computer right now. Uh, I need to figure out how to do that. But yes, hello. We're here with our special new maybe we do this ever again thing. Who knows? Uh, wrap up episode for Exalted versus World of- Exalted versus World of Darkness. Friendly neighborhood Exalts. I don't know how many. I don't know how many episodes that we're actually going to get out of this. I want to say 35 plus wrap up, but who knows? So I, Brendan, the, uh, the, the forever GM and everything, except for when it Christian or someone else runs. Uh, but yes, I, the, uh, am here with Brit to discuss, uh, how that she felt about, uh, friendly neighborhood exalts and how that game went. And some other questions. So hello, Brit.
0: Maybe questions. Hello. Maybe questions.
1: <laughs> so I have a question for you that uh, we did not discuss prior to me hitting the record button. Okay. If you don't mind sharing with the class, uh, how did you get into role playing?
0: Oh, man. That's a long time ago. Back in my day. Um, I actually started role playing with a group of friends from high school who I had lost touch with for most of high school. And then after graduation, we kind of got back into touch, started talking again. Um, it was, uh, like Paul and some of his friends, like he introduced me to some of his friends, him and Sam, and actually how I met like some of the other people that have been, I know have been mentioned on here, like Joe and the other group. And I started playing Pathfinder with them. It took them forever to convince me. Because at that time, I was very much like, ew, role playing. Like, that's so weird. And then, like, I kind of stepped away from that view on things because I started hanging out with, like, better people. And yeah, so we started tabletopping at a place in. a local place that had, like, comics and gaming and stuff. And they had, like, another area with tables that they would hold, like, card tournaments and stuff for, like, magic and everything like that. And then some nights they would offer this space for us to role play, And that's where I got into, like, Pathfinder. I think I played... No, I never even hit d d until Christina, really. It was mostly just Pathfinder. I didn't know any of the other systems until hanging out with you guys, actually.
1: Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, I, I didn't know that you hadn't played in like other stuff uh, the, until the we came along.
0: Yeah, I, it was literally just Pathfinder and like Joe made a how to train your dragon campaign that was in the, it was Pathfinder, but he kind of like tweaked it a little bit to help us out. And then I, they finally convinced me to LARP. So I LARPed in the first LARP I went to, which was Avalon. And then when we went to, like, when I started hanging out with you guys, that's when I started doing all the other tabletops. So that's how new it is to me. Every time you guys are like, oh, let's play this. I'm like, I I don't know. Because I've only ever known Pathfinder. So everything's been really hard to, like, adjust to from what I already know.
1: That actually makes a little bit more sense that, uh, about how that it's a little bit harder for you to adjust to this. Whereas like games like Exalted and World of Darkness were actual, like I played, God, this is going to just show how old that I am. I played Advanced Dungeons and Dragons when I was like nine or 10 with my dad, but I had no idea how this game actually worked. But like, uh, we, uh, like my first real tabletop role-playing experience was like, uh, playing world of darkness. So like rolling D tens and like doing the exalted and the world of darkness stuff I've been doing for almost like 20 years now. So like, it's super what, like people not like I look at these systems and go, wait, how do you not understand? It's super simple. But like, to me, it's to me, like world of darkness is like the baseline
0: yeah see i I didn't start really doing any of my nerdy stuff until probably after I got out of high school, so that was about ten years ago. Oh mm-hmm. my God, that was about ten years ago for me. Yeah. Um, when I finally started like hanging out with these nerds and like learning about these types of games, like I knew of d and d I knew what d and d was, but that was it. like I knew what it was. I knew what larping was, but I didn't like understand it. I never played it. I never participated in it. And then someone's like, "Oh, well, we have this Pathfinder game. It's just like D and D, but it's this." And I'm like, "Okay." So that's that's the first system I jumped into, and I played that for years with different, the same group, different games that changed multiple times. So I've played in multiple, like I've had multiple characters that I've played. So I kind of learned what characters can do what. Like I still can't build characters very well, and it, I think a lot of it has to do with like confidence. Of just like, am I doing this right? But I can build them better than in like the newer systems where it's like, all right, if I'm playing an Asmar, Asmar, however you pronounce it, these are, this is the list I have to choose from. And this is the areas I have to go down. And this is the tree I have to follow. And I can pick and choose from there. When uh, you introduced me to like Werewolf and even the Exalted Godbound game, that was the first game we played together. I you were like, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's definitely a uh, th- th- there's definitely a, a a switching gears thing, uh, especially after you're coming from like D&D and you're like, yeah, I've got these or Pathfinder, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I just I level up my class or hey, maybe I want something from this class. So I'm going to dip into here or hey, I want this feat, but like there's no like well maybe. Variation I need- from it. Yeah, like like maybe like you don't want to do like well, you know, do I need to level up my bureaucracy because I wanna be better at tax evasion, you know?
0: Dude, the godbound the godbound exalted the, the character sheet you first gave me, which I believe was the godbound one, says my first introduction to anything not Pathfinder. Um I looked at that thing and it was so intimidating because first of all, it was a uh, landscape instead of portrait, like a regular character sheet that I was used to. Yeah. So it was like, okay, that's weird. And then like, I read it as like, Oh, name. Cool. That's easy. And then it was like, all right, what's this? And like, I what, what words do you want? What do you mean? What words do I want? What's a word? What does a word do? And that, it took me a while to get into it, but I think, because I played Nyx, if anyone else has listened to the uh, Let the Good Dice Roll. Um, it took me a while to get into her character, and I, I still feel like I had a lot of work on her, because I was still that was my first not Pathfinder system. My first system out of my norm. So it took me a lot of getting used to, plus the group that you guys dragged me into. I didn't really hang out with you guys a whole lot before then. So like, it was a new system. It was new people. Like I knew about you guys and I've hung out with you guys here and there, but like, I wasn't that close to you guys and you guys were like, Hey, join us.
1: Join I'm us. Like, and, sure. and, and now we hang out like <laughs> twice to three times a week. Cause we all just have the same friend group and we're all just looking for social contact. <laughs> yeah.
0: And now I got a key to your apartment. Like what is this world? Right. It's crazy to think about that, though. Like, I didn't even know you guys that well, like Maury or um, Tony or like, it was really just Christina that I knew. Mm -hmm. And she was the one that was like, hey, we should we should take her in.
1: Yeah. And like Christina got kind of like uh, I don't want to say that she got kind of like added into the group, like to which is such a weird thing to think about with how like integral to like every freaking game that we have put out that she has been. but like when the, I first started running with the original version of the exalted group, like I don't want to say that Christina was like an afterthought, but it was like, I had originally started running exalted to run for Joe and Devin because they, they were my friends. They were my boys. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I'm, I'm going to show them that I can do the cool G GM thing. And then like, lo and behold, like, Christina ended up being like the only person from like that old group that kind of like came along and has like stuck along with us for like this whole thing over the last like shit. I want to say like five years of this gaming group being around.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. And I know like, it's also weird to, weird to think like, I was really close with Joe and Devin before I knew you. I always heard Brendan, this Brendan, that. And I was like, I don't know who this is. Who the fuck are you talking about? Never met you. Didn't know, who, like, didn't know what you looked like or anything until you showed up to that Avalon event as Bandini. And I was like, is this the guy you guys have been talking about? Like, I'm putting a face to a name now. Like, I had no idea who you were Mm -hmm. for the long time. And I hung out with the people that you were like, these are my boys. Like, they were so close to you. And I was close to them and didn't even know who you were.
1: Yeah, it, it's so weird to like think back on that. But anyway, we are getting super off topic now. Um just yeah. gonna just going into the may, maybe maybe in like maybe in like 2 or 3 years we can we can do the uh the, the character origin stories for all of us once that uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> once we've That's had a couple more good. games out and we've got a little bit more of a following. <laughs> so anyway, um so we're actually talk- so we're, as that I think that I mentioned in the beginning, we're talking about World of Darkness. So, well, Exalted First World mm-hmm. of Darkness. So, how was your experience with the system? Because I have opinions.
0: <laughs> you have opinions. I, it was an interesting system. Um, I know I originally wasn't planning to play. So I did, a, I didn't really look into the books a whole lot. I didn't look into anything. So when you asked me to join, I didn't know anything about it. And that was kind of on my part, but it was definitely easier to kind of understand when because I played a Solar before. But all, and I've played in World of Darkness before, but it was also hard because it definitely was its own system. Like it felt like it was its own system at least. So it took a lot for me to be like oh shit, I need to remember a lot. So yeah, cuz like when you asked me to join, I I didn't read any of the books. I didn't know anything about it. I I played Werewolf and I've played your Godbound system, but this system kind of felt like it was its own system. Like it was completely new. I had so many more things to remember and I was still learning the system. So it it felt a lot harder than it should have been and now that i'm looking back on it it definitely felt a lot harder than it actually was now that i know everything i'm like oh okay i understand this now whereas back then it was like this is a rubik's cube with too many sides
1: yeah i i can totally get that um well the the nice thing is is that uh you know, th- those, I think that there's like two books for Exalted vs. World Darkness. Like it, it is completely a fan project that got made by uh, one of the guys who was really big into uh, Exalted. Uh, I think he actually did some work on third edition, which is kind of neat. But he made it as a a fan project to basically be like, because there don't since since exalted came out uh, back in 2001 there were always those people who were like yo what what would happen if exalted came to the world of darkness because you know you're playing actual exalted now with us you know spoilers are like ahead like a couple uh, months when we start releasing that game but like you see how that like the dice pools in this are just like normal like gigantic. Compared to, uh, compared to like when you played mage with me and the dice pools were like, if you, if you rolled a 10, if you were rolling 10 dice, you were like the best. Right. Um, so anyway, so brain's kind of doing that thing where I just kind of ping pong, uh, when I'm trying to tell a story. So anyway, so that guy, uh, who wrote all up, all the exalted versus world darkness stuff, he actually made it as kind of a. Uh, Kind of a like, hey, we're going to have the Exalted show up and deal with all the meta plot bull crap of the World of Darkness and basically just tear a fucking hole in it. Because, like, you see how how powerful that you guys were at endgame. Like, you guys went up against something that, like, nobody really goes up against. Like, me throwing those stats at you, like, in any other game is just, like you're dead. But in this game, those
0: stats were scary.
1: But in this game, you guys were just like, like you were having a little bit of trouble, but like, I think that that kind of came down to like, maybe not like kind of, kind of the evolution of the game. I felt like the game kind of turned from one thing into another very rapidly. And with not enough time for you guys to get the XP to be, in the other category,
0: yeah, yeah, that—that that is a feeling I had uh, when we started fast-forwarding things. It definitely didn't feel like I personally had enough time with the system to be ready for a big fight like that. But I didn't die, and that's important.
1: Right, you didn't <laughs> die.
0: I out of character didn't die.
1: <laughs> yeah, like that that's another thing that kind of kind of got me is that um I kind of jumped the shark. Do you feel that way? A little bit. Yeah, when the when that we did the heist episode, I think I might have jumped the shark a little bit.
0: Like the heist? I loved the heist. And I think the heist was at a good point, but everything after the heist seemed a bit rushed. Because it was like, all right, you did the heist. Now you got to prepare for this big fight right now. Let's go.
1: You did the heist. Well, now you're going to go and do this thing. Well, now you've activated this other thing that activates this other thing that that starts this other plot that like and like the. The weird thing is, is that like I didn't plan for it to get that out of hand, but also like because we were running on like such like a time crunch with like game times and only at, like. I I definitely feel like that uh, once that we started running every week, I actually gave you guys time to breathe a little bit more and like actually develop a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like we, we, you can definitely hear it in like the recording. Like there's more, uh, breathing room. Uh, you and Christina get a lot more time together to just like figure out your characters and actually like plan like, and, uh, Cody and Tyler actually get time to just kind of like, not be attacking things for a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: But I I definitely do feel that there's like this, okay, we did the heist, and now I have to rush to the next plot point, when instead, like, really what I should have done is I should have just been like, nah, just just let them do what they want to do. Like, I... I, Because, like, I I felt like that I kind of, like, after a point, kind of missed the point of my own game in... My need to start one upping myself because I feel like that if I don't if I don't do something better than what we last did, I feel like people lose interest, which I know isn't true, but, my but brain you could have.
0: You could have done like little little side things like that led up to the big thing like, oh, you just did this thing and you could have thrown in some cool foreshadowing that that could also keep the hook on those listeners or the people like just following along and your players, because you're going to you're going to do this thing. And, you know, at the end of the movies, like even the Marvel movies where they give you that little scene after the credits that shows something that's going to happen. And you're like, wait a minute, what's that? Throwing stuff in like that, you could have, uh, even with the new game that we're playing now, um, that would definitely help spread things out as well, can give us other things to, like, develop our characters with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I feel like that I'm giving you guys room to breathe uh, in the current game. Uh, at least I hope that oh, I yeah. am.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable with where I'm at with my character, like, at, like how I'm developing her with the couple sessions that we've already done um, definitely feels I I feel like I'm able to get into this character's mindset a little bit easier than I was for Marcy for a good chunk of that game. Because you got to remember also like I and Marcy were kind of thrown into a game that was already started, too. So I was like, well, I don't know what's going on at this point either. So I had to, like, fumble with the new system, fumble with this new story that I'm kind of thrown in the middle of and I have to play catch up now. And listening to the podcast beforehand definitely helped a lot, though.
1: Oh, man. okay. Uh, So um, were there any story beats that I guess since we're kind of talking about that right now, were there any story beats that uh, I guess that we kind of dropped that you were interested in or like things that you would have like, to have seen?
0: Um, well, other than the the big one that we talked about earlier, which was the first Beast stuff, I actually would have been interested to see more of, like, Cass's family, and, like, some shenanigans that happened with her family, since we did a big thing with, like, Lenny's family, and, like, um, Liv's family, they played big roles in this, it would have been interesting to see, like, Cass's side of things, or even maybe Marcy's side of things, something that, like, other than the elevator thing, because, like, I think that elevator scene was the only, like, peer into Marcy's life that wasn't her uncle. So, like, you didn't really get much backstory on her, and then with Cass, you got, like, she's got these crazy-ass parents, but, like, you don't get any information or peer into, like, Cass's life, like, what she was like, beforehand or even like what she does outside of fighting bad guys and throwing a couple dice here and there. Lenny's family, we got a lot of like oh yeah, when I was growing up this way and like we did this when we were younger and like stuff like that. And then like with Liv's family meeting his parents who were just so normal but not normal, you can get a feel of how his life was. So I definitely feel like we missed at least half of the party's like character development in general, like backstory development.
1: Now that you've kind of pointed that out, I do regret missing that opportunity because that's something uh, like I enjoyed having all of those characters. I I enjoyed, I enjoyed way more than I will ever like to admit having to do your parents' snooty voices.
0: <laughs> that was so weird and I think the going back to this um like topic not having those things also made it really hard to like role play this is going to be played after the final episode right yeah okay so it made it really hard to role play that scene where you had Marcy and Demon Dylan sitting at the end of the pier having like a heart to heart it made it really hard to role play that because like I only met out of character, met this guy when he drugged me, like popped out of the sewer and like drugged me down an alley. So I didn't really have much backstory, and like we didn't really talk about Marcy's relationship with her uncle. Other than that, like that's her favorite uncle; she looks up to him, and that's where she got her arsenal. So like ha- that RP of that scene that was supposed to be very like heartfelt, I had no fucking clue what to say. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to act, and mm-hmm. I. Now that I've listened to that episode again, because I listened to the podcast over again, I like to relive those moments. I regret the way I role-played that specific part a little bit because I now that I know how I feel about the situation and how everything happened, I could easily role-play that part differently. Having that backstory or that other connections with Dylan Bartello.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally feel that I, I, I do feel like that I had a uh, way more missed opportunities than I than I would like to admit. I, I really went hard on uh, Cody's family because Cody just kept like hitting me up with like information and like had also like gone through the book and went, oh, I'm going to be Van Zant because that's a that's a funny Leonard Skinner reference. And then I was like. Oh, I have to actually read up about this fake ass family and like figure out what to do. Okay.
0: (laughs) That was great, though. Like, I'm not saying that I'm upset about everything that happened because I loved it all. I loved everything that we did with the Van Zants and the Johnsons. I think it's their name. Joneses. Joneses. It's Joneses. I have a friend named Christopher Jones. I should remember that because that's Liv's dad's name. But I loved every bit of it. It was awesome, and it was a lot of fun. And you did you did the families really well. Like I definitely felt like I got their families' personalities really well.
1: Yeah, well, that's just something to I guess keep in mind for uh, for the next games we do. I think that I'm getting a little bit better about where that people's uh, limits are uh, for because, like, uh, some some of this has always been just kind of like me being like, I don't know where that I want to like push the envelope, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I'm getting a, a better handle on the group and like, it's, it's, uh, I, I, th- I think that, uh, the, the game that we're running right now, uh, the two games that we're running right now are coming out really well. Like I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed friendly neighborhood exalts and like, yeah, if I could go back and like fix it up, I totally would like make it a little bit more like down to earth and like, More superhero-y, if that makes sense.
0: More to fit the theme of the title.
1: Yeah, yeah, way more to fit the theme of the title. But, like, I gotta tell ya, the the power of friendship and this gun that I found (laughs) and, like, a dragon-blooded are just, like, I'm loving it. Like, I feel that I am not missing opportunities (laughs) on either of them.
0: I am enjoying the power of friendship and this gun I found. (laughs) <laughs> way more than I originally thought I would. and I'm going to admit, there was one session that I wasn't really feeling it, but I also was having like a really rough time out of character with a lot going on, and I just wasn't feeling it. But, but I played the game anyways, because I knew playing the game with you guys would help. And it did. And this that game, I can't wait for people to listen to. I can't wait to listen to it again, because I'm enjoying that game so much. And then with like a dragon blooded, I'm starting to get more comfortable with like making choices in game. So like, I'm really excited to see where this game goes to. And I'm excited to see all the plots you bring.
1: Oh, th- this game is, this game is so weird because like, th- again, like peek behind the curtain, but like, it, as you know, Brit, I have based this off of Yakuza. That's yeah. the name. So like, yeah. we'll get, serious plot happening and like people dying in the streets but then also Brit and Tyler have to help a man with a pompadour learn how to be a punk
0: yeah that was I was not ready for that and I should have been I should have been but I was not I can't but, um, I can't, I going can't back wait. to the original question
1: I can't wait until you guys get to the the, the mini car the the mini golf uh, tournament arc
0: oh no oh no <laughs> I,
1: I just I, I just struggle together. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe I'll have to do it now. Maybe I'll put that in fellowship. That might fit
0: like little in fellowship. Race cars. I was expecting like the little race cars, like having like some back alley like little race cars thing where you build your cars that you've done in Yakuza. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> I was not expecting mini golf to come out of your mouth.
1: I just started talking. <laughs>
0: So before we forget our topic, because I'm trying to remember it myself, otherwise I'll forget, uh, plots that were missed or dropped.
1: The only one, so like it wasn't so much missed as like, I feel like that looking back on it and he, listening back to it, like, and I don't want to, I want to get your opinion on it. When you guys dealt with the vampires, could you all tell that there was like an entire like 10 session plot behind
0: that? um what time dealing with the vampires was it the Uh, giovanni's that we like murdered or when we were talking on the new year's party
1: when you guys were at the new year's party
0: i definitely felt like there was some more shit that was going on behind the curtains with that because like it was way too put together for just a we need to talk to these people to get them to come with us there was so much going on there that I kind of wanted to know more, even if it was out of character and just talking to you about it. Like it made me want to know more about what was going on with them and yeah, how did, they fit into the, the world here.
1: Did you notice that, uh, th- there was something from that, that, that actually got brought up, uh, it, it's something from, I think like the first episode that you're in when you hear someone, uh, talking to someone, um did you notice that you actually met that character at uh at the vampire party? No. So uh the guy the the detective? Yeah. Uh who is looking for Lenny to figure out what the hell that he did and like why that he's fucking with shit? Yeah. That detective is the ghoul of the share of the vampire sheriff. No, that's shit. that's why he's on the phone and you specifically hear him say, don't worry, Mr. Duggins, I'll take care of it.
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I missed that.
1: Yeah, the, the, the fucking cowboy sheriff. Yeah, that's uh that's the dude who that like the cop that you met before you exalted is on the phone with.
0: Oh, shit. That's a cool little Easter egg.
1: Yeah, cuz after the Giovanni stuff, I was actually plan I was originally planning on it just being like you guys just fucking up with vampires and then maybe werewolves show up at some point. And then again, everything just kind of got out of hand.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it was fun. I don't regret the game. I don't regret like the plots that we missed. Like it would have been nice to have a couple extra things because I was enjoying that game a lot and like the friendships I was making and the RP and stuff. But at the same time, like I had a lot of fun with the game. A Good. lot of fun.
1: I'm glad I cannot wait. So I really enjoyed doing this. So I'm probably going to, uh, piece together this with, uh, stuff with the other three players, but thank you for, uh, giving me some t- time, of your evening, Brit. I really appreciate it. I'm going to, uh, stop the recording and, oh, actually, is there anything that you'd like to leave people with before that? I uh, before I uh, cut us off.
0: Um, the only thing I f- feel like I should say, or I should, or I want to say, is just you know, keep listening to us, guys, and like you can definitely hit us up. I want to talk about this with people. I really do. Like, hit us up on the Facebook page or Twitter. Um. You can probably find me liking all the stuff on Facebook and Twitter as well. And hit, you know, I don't mind answering questions either. Like, you post it on the Facebook page. I'll comment. I want to talk about it. I don't get enough people to talk about this with. I get you guys. I get the I get the group.
2: Mm-hmm. But,
0: like, I don't have enough other people to talk about it. I've been trying, like, my one coworker, I no longer work with him. Because I'm at a different store now. But, like, I need to talk about it. There's so much going on. I need to talk about it.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Well, I mean, if people want to send questions to us, uh, that we would be happy to put out a questions and answers, uh, episode, uh, they can send that to a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. Once I've got a few, I'd be happy to get the crew on to answer some questions.
0: Oh, that would be so much fun. I feel like one question would take forever though, with all of us answering it and rambling on and on that'd get us a couple episodes
1: oh yeah definitely no i'd probably just (laughs) put it out as one big one because i don't have to put any music to this (laughs) that's true thank you for coming on Britt. uh and uh i can't wait to i can't wait for people to see what that you're doing in fellowship and like a dragon blooded
0: man i can't wait either i'm excited for you guys
1: All right, then, guys, Um, welcome to our uh, experiment in doing a uh, debrief, uh, getting everyone's opinion on on the end of a uh, campaign. I thought it was a pretty neat idea that some other podcasts had done, and I wanted to kind of get everyone's opinion, like, put to audio.
3: Didn't I mention it to you also?
1: Uh, You probably did, yeah.
4: It's like a director's commentary.
1: Actually, yeah, no, I I distinctly recall you mentioning it to me uh, because uh, Critical Role does something like this, I think.
3: Uh, They do. They have kind of a long session with everybody on the cast together and people send in questions and they ask questions of kind of each other and whatnot. But I know other people outside of that do kind of something along these lines too. And it was kind of one of those situations of there. I feel like there were some things that didn't get addressed in the campaign and some things that maybe people wanted to discuss because it was our first time running it, especially.
1: Yeah. And I know that at least for Tyler and Cody, it was actually y'all's not only first introduction to, uh, Exalted, but also to world of darkness.
4: Yeah. Well, my first time actually, Playing playing World of Darkness. I've read that rule book like three times before I actually played that.
1: So uh I'm gonna start off with you two with uh the, the same question that I kind of asked Britt when that I did her interview. Um I think that uh, we have probably talked with Christina about this before, but uh Cody, uh how did you get into role-playing and tabletop stuff?
4: Oh boy. That would be I actually got into tabletop backwards from how most people do it. I actually started LARPing first. And uh, when I was in college, one of my uh, classmates introduced me to Avalon. And then I started playing that. And then through Avalon, I met people and started doing tabletop RP and all that good stuff. So I get to be ass backwards from everybody else.
1: That you do, bud. That you do. <laughs> That that is actually really neat. That that's how that you got in. Like normally everybody goes like, "Aha, it's D and D," and then it's that meme of, "Yeah, but who's that guy behind behind you? Uh, don't pay attention to me. Notice me, brother." <laughs> with, yeah, the no, dude, with the with the LARP on it.
4: Price sword fights into uh, paying too much for dice.
3: Too fair. That that meme is pretty good.
1: So, uh, Christina, I'm sure that we had asked about it at some point on when we did let the good dice roll. But uh, how, like, just real quick, how did you get into uh, tabletop?
3: Uh, I started tabletopping when I was 18. Uh, neither one of my parents were very nerdy, and just kind of s- started playing with friends. Very, very simple. Uh, I actually played a little bit more in college, and then eat way more outside of college, actually.
1: And, uh, had you guys had much experience with anything else besides like D and D before, uh, I guess coming to hang out and play with me and do my games.
3: Uh, let's see. It was, I don't remember which edition of D and D it was, but like D and D and Pathfinder were the big ones that I played when I was younger, um, like scattered here and there. Um, So outside of those two, like when you're talking about like Fellowship and Exalted and Exalted versus World of Darkness and everything outside of literally those two quote unquote core ones that everybody kind of knows about, uh, I hadn't heard of any of the other ones.
4: Yeah, I went from pretty much just straight playing Pathfinder into getting sucked into Warhammer by our local lovely plastic crack dealers. Uh, And then after playing Warhammer for a little bit, when the uh, pandemic opened up my schedule, that's when we started playing uh, Exalted versus World of Darkness, I think. I think there might have been like a couple one-shots between, but... Yeah, pretty much up until the pandemic, it was all uh, Pathfinder, and then... Branching out into other systems now.
1: That is, it it still blows my mind that that's how that uh this stuff went down because uh, I when I talked to Brit, it also was this the same thing where that she had only ever played uh, Pathfinder until literally the game that she started playing with my group.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think Pathfinder is just one of those. It's one of the more easily accessible ones. Like, you walk into Barnes & Noble and you got Pathfinder and you, or you got D&D, take your pick. The rest of them, yeah, you gotta actually find a game store and go through and actually look at books and decide whether or not you like it. Whereas these ones, it's in-your-face advertising just right there.
3: Yeah, I definitely think it has a lot to do with the availability of content with Pathfinder and D&D being more well-known i suppose and like i've i've mentioned exalted to people before and they're like what's that And i was like oh boy and i would give them like a summation they'd be like wow that sounds really cool i've never heard of that before you mentioned it and i was like i know
1: i know it's just so i i wish that more people have heard of my favorite game I'm I'm glad that you guys are enjoying our uh that enjoyed our adventures in Exalted versus World of Darkness and are enjoying our adventures in uh Chiroscuro with Like a Dragon Blooded.
4: Yeah, no, I d I can't think of a system that I am actually that I enjoyed better than the Exalted System. Like maybe the uh some of the way Warhammer plays. I kind of like that, but I like Exalted really feels like it's, here's your framework, make your character how you want it. Do whatever you want. Here's a sandbox.
3: That's pretty accurate.
1: So uh speaking of system stuff, um, how did you guys enjoy the Exalted Versus World of Darkness system? I know that you two specifically really engaged more with the combat mechanics than uh Britt and Tyler did. So I kinda wanted to uh kinda kinda get your opinion on how that felt because I know that the game kind of uh turned into uh a, a combat slog at the end, if I'm being completely honest.
3: <laughs> uh well. I weirdly didn't start out wanting my character to be like incredibly combative. I was trying to go for a mid-range level on that where it's like, okay, I will be this kind of investigative talky person for the group uh, and do some combat on the side because I figured Cody was going to be the main combatant. And maybe Britt when she got in there. I wasn't really sure what Britt was going to do with her stuff. Uh, I know Tyler wasn't trying to do it. Uh, so I tried to find a good middle ground. The There's definitely a lot you can work with as far as either side. Um, when it came to flavoring for stunts and stuff, I felt a little limited. I don't know if that's just from my own imagination or the descriptions for the actual combat but it felt like I was more or less just using the same charm for combat all the time um the big thing that I think was very jarring for me because I have also played Exalted before I actually played Exalted versus World of Darkness was the use of essence and how very limiting that was but I also played something different from pretty much most of the rest of the group, too.
4: Yeah, like, having played both the essence management in Exalted versus uh, the essence management in Exalted versus World of Darkness are, like, night and day. Which I get because plot reasons you're supposed to be less powerful exalts. Like, your essence isn't as good as it was back in the before times.
3: Back in the day!
4: Yeah. The essence management definitely, I'd say, was the most difficult part about combat. Figuring which charms you can activate on which turn and how you want to prioritize them to either get your damage or your defense. Because I think by the end of it, I was up to, like, I had to take, like, three turns before I had all of my charms that I wanted to have ready to go.
3: Yeah, whereas in regular Exalted you're just like, I'm just gonna blow my load! Yeah, I'm burning or, you know, uh, iconic but hey, I got to do everything I wanted to real quick and just Phew. Versus oh man, I could only spend two essence this round. What am I gonna do? Oh man, maybe I should save an essence in case something tries to murder me and I need to like reflexively activate something.
4: Yeah. But outside of the combat system, like Lenny did one thing good. And that was uh, well, two things. One thing was punch things. The other thing was choke them out. So like, I didn't really interact with any of the other stuff too heavily. It was mostly just combative strength and athletics.
1: Yeah. I, I felt like that because that uh, we, we, everything kind of, because it, we had you playing the big dumb Dawn, um everything kind of turned into a na- turned into a nail because you were the hammer
4: oh yeah yeah like the, it's definitely nothing against the system or story that is 100% the character i decided to play i just i'm just saying i don't have much input on the rest of the system because if i could punch it i punched it out of my way
3: i enjoyed uh The other stuff I had that wasn't combative, because like I said, I split between secrets and battles because I wanted to have. Like if we got in combat, I wanted to be competent and be able to hold my own because I was squishy. Um, But I also wanted to be able to be productive and help the group outside of it, which came in really handy with, you know, my spider um, being able to pull names, especially early on. Uh, So that was all really neat to kind of work with. I don't know if it's just because I was Sidereal and I have wibbly wobbly time and fate DS that I can just snap my fingers and do stuff with. Uh, I'd have to talk to everybody else more about what existed in in their stuff since, you know, Abyssal and Solar had, I don't want to say more powerful stuff because I think my stuff is really neat and helpful and pretty strong in and of itself, just in a different way. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm making a point or not anymore.
1: <laughs> That's fine. Um, so speaking of uh, spiders that can just pull uh, information out of nowhere, were there any plot points that you guys remember from the game that got kind of dropped? You guys wanted to kind of have a little bit of filled in stuff on? basically saying like is there any uh, are are there any plot points we didn't actually get to touch back up on that you guys would like to know like the behind the scenes stuff for it
3: Uh, did we ever I know I have uh, the whole sheet of notes and maybe the answer is in there somewhere did we ever find out why or how um, the alchemicals knew about us or decided to hire us or anything like that
1: Um, You guys actually did not ever find out how or why that they decided to hire you. The uh, the short answer is we were having fun and I needed an NPC to come in and uh, have an excuse for uh, Benji and Jesse to exist without having to take them both through a three hour uh,
4: introduction. No, Mr. Joe Toon is exalted Santa Claus and he knew we were all good kids, so he gave us a job.
1: Uh, the long answer of it, uh, if that you had asked at any point why that he was doing this or anything, um, he was, oh God, I'm trying to remember exactly what it said in my notes, but basically he had hacked into a technocracy server because by the, uh, the by the lore in the Exalted versus World of Darkness companion, I might be getting this wrong. I'm actually kind of taking this all from like my uh, like like, like uh, I'm taking this all from memory right now. But basically, from the Exalted versus World of Darkness companion that has the alchemicals and everything in it, um, the reason that they exist is is that they are from the Forge Realm uh, that mages in the Technocracy deal with, called Autocathonia. You know, spoilers, alchemicals are from the alchemical world. but there there is an autocathonia in uh, in Mage. So they just use that one, and the technocracy is super into that. So they basically like hacked into the technocracy server. Uh, Lucky was already a technocrat by the time that the Giovanni stuff was going on. So like they kind of had like an idea of where that you guys were. So that's why that like they uh they kind of knew what you guys were up to.
3: Spine.
1: Pretty much. Just you know, the whole technocracy was weirdly wholesome in my game, which normally they shouldn't be, but I wanted to try and take a good take on it because I kind of don't I I, it's very weird, but like I know that the world of darkness is supposed to be super dark and edgy and gritty. But I like to run in a game where that sometimes NPCs that are supposed to be the bad guys can be the good guys,
3: like my rival.
1: Yeah, exactly.
4: Got to keep them relatable.
3: Man, I'm just I'm on a rival streak right now.
1: I'm very excited to to introduce uh, your rival in uh, like a dragon blooded.
3: Spoiler, I have a rival. (laughs) and like a dragon blood for anybody who didn't figure that out. (laughs) Well, they wouldn't, because they haven't been able to listen to it. Cody, if you didn't figure that out already, I have a rival.
1: So, Cody, were there any uh, plot points that you were curious about?
4: When did you decide that Terry was going to be a sidereal? I don't know if that's a plot point or a peek behind the curtain. I'm just curious.
1: Um, Terry Terry specifically says that... uh, he exalted as a Sidereal uh, during the mu- during the museum heist. Did he? I thought he was uh, he was hiding as one of the guards.
3: That sounds familiar. Because I feel like
4: Cast put us in a movie either. theater. That's why he called himself 007.
1: No, I, I said that he exalted around that time. Uh, maybe, oh. yeah. He exalted in a movie theater, but then he went, oh, well, let me go get a job because I need money to do this work.
4: Yeah, but was he always homeless, Terry?
1: Uh, until he exalted in a movie theater, yeah.
4: Word. I think that's what it is, is my mental theater is picturing James Bond as like a young kid while it's picturing Terry as this gruff old, homeless guy so it's the mental connect isn't wanting to work
1: the uh i think the reason for that is is that um terry is a rough looking homeless guy but like there are rough looking homeless guys who are like in their 20s because being homeless kind of kind of ages you real rough and then when it, you know, he cleans up, he cleans up and becomes the uh the, the Sidereal special agent, uh he he looks way younger because he he, he
4: is? I don't know. Gotcha.
3: Magic.
4: Yeah, that was the only plot point that I had a question about that I can think of off the top of my head.
3: Oh man, if I I have had my notes pulled up and just like peruse it. I should have done that before we started this. I'm sure I could think of some more things that I would be like, Brendan, tell me the answer to this. What is the answer to the universe?
1: We all know that it's 42, but also one of the dropped plot points that I was a little upset that it got dropped, but like no, bu- the only person who really wanted to interact with it was interacting with the first beast. And I like to imagine. I, I thought that I had put that in the epilogue, but I apparently forgot um, that that uh, that giant seven headed dra- uh, reptile thing basically becomes Cass's secretary.
3: Sweet, best secretary.
1: I think that that might have been another thing that I, uh, thinking back on it, I didn't make super clear. Is that uh, that adventure in the Umbra, like? None of that was real, and it was all, like, mental shenanigans. Like, Cass did not actually meet, like, the Maidens. It was just, like, shit just kind of playing with you.
3: I know you mentioned that to me. I don't know if you mentioned that on recording, or you mentioned it to to me, like, because we lived together, and just in passing and stuff, talking about the game. But I remember you telling at least me about it.
4: Yeah, like... I do, mine was just fucking with me, but I wasn't sure if Cass's was... I don't know how sidereals work. Sidereals are fucking weird, bro. It's true facts. Who knows where the maidens hold up their office. They probably got an office in the Umber and could have just pulled a string. It's how sidereals work.
3: True facts about the sidereals.
4: But yeah. yeah. Like, I like the first beast. Uh, you fucked up when you called it the first beast for uh good old boy Lenny but uh i don't know i feel like around the time it was introduced we were sort of time crunching to get to the final showdown if that makes sense like if it popped up right now in our like a dragon campaign it would probably get a little more interaction because we're not, like... We don't have our blinders on looking for the final fight. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. We also kind of... Uh,
3: Jumped the star- shark and never got to go back.
1: Well, the yeah, the uh, the, the museum heist was like a big shark jump. And then because we had such a long uh cooldown, I want to say we had like almost a month between uh the museum heist and the neck and the following episode. Um Because of that, I basically just started giving you guys like, well, I have to I basically started going, oh, well, I have to be better than my last one. So we have to jump a further shark and then we have to do an even bigger shark jump. And then we have to add sparklers onto the machine that's jumping the
4: sharks like and then we got to drive a muscle car to the moon.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And like, I, I think that it was fun, but like if I could go back and redo that whole campaign with everyone, I would definitely have given things a lot more breathing room. And I definitely would have been like, I I for real would have been like, yeah, no, we're coming down to hang out with Cody for the weekend. I'm not running game. That's fair.
3: Yeah, I've, I've talked with Brendan about it um, off recording regarding my feelings on kind of like jumping the shark with that situation where it went from And it happens a lot in, I think, TV shows. Oh, it's just normal school kids. They find out they're weird. Everything, like, revolves around their actual lives and existing, figuring out how things work, to, oh my gosh, screw all this. It's literally saved the world. School doesn't exist. Nothing about any of this exists. It's just, we have to save the world. So something I mentioned to him was I tried to remind, I suppose, the audience that they're still college kids with being at Lenny's house and Cass flipping through a book, kind of studying for the next semester and trying to just throw those little things in there.
4: Right.
1: I think that we managed to hit it home a little bit more, especially with the, uh, with, with with the ending wrap up scenes where that you guys were all kind of uh, that I kind of interspersed between uh, throughout the finale I I was I, I will say this I was very proud of myself with where that I put uh Lenny's Lenny's big uh,
4: touchdown game. Oh man, I almost cried. That got me so good.
3: I have not listened to it yet.
1: Uh it is uh it is literally like I, it gets interspersed uh right before Cody goes to give his uh, his description of blocking the uh, the the Liberty, uh, not the fucking Liberty Bell, but the Liberty the Statue of Liberty's torch. It, it's like it, uh, you hear Co- uh, Cody go, "Yeah, Lenny says I got this, guys," and then I do the scene change music, and then you get this cool moment with Leonard, and then it ch- changes back, and then. Uh, it, it it's Leonard's last hurrah.
3: The other funny thing I think I also mentioned to Brendan off a uh, recording was I thought about Cass sacrificing herself in a way to, oh man, shit's hitting the fan. Just pull that scenario, sidere- like push that scenario red switch and just give your life to re- rewind time a little bit to give people a chance. We're doing something ridiculous. Beat me to it,
1: Cody.
4: Yeah everybody yeah,
1: sound all right yeah you sound fine
4: all right i switched to my phone so i could go out and sit outside and enjoy the sunset weather since it's been unbearably hot today
1: that's fair yeah no it uh fucking uh every every one of you except for i think brit was doing their best to try and sacrifice themselves
3: We had to protect Brit most of the time in the last battle.
4: Yeah, everyone except for the one who was doing all the dying was trying to sacrifice themselves.
3: I honestly think I'd have to listen back, but I think all of us basically threw our freebie card at Brit for one reason or another, because most of us had defenses against something or rolled well enough to get away from stuff.
1: That is literally what happened.
4: Yeah, because you got your defenses plus your dynamic LARP get-out-of-jail-free cards. Me and Tyler both had the just nope charms.
3: Dude, my dynamic LARP throw my personalities in front of the problem was all from that dope-ass item that Brendan gave me.
4: I really enjoyed that ability. Like, that was a cool McGuffin ability.
3: Yeah, the, the big thing was, don't tell them that you can do this until it happens. I was like, oh, I know. I, I have a perfect concept in mind for like when I first get to show this working.
1: Oh, man. I bet Cody can't imagine what it's like to be like, hey, don't tell them that you have these charms on here.
4: Yeah, no, Christina saying that just now made me think of a question. Did you put a failsafe like that into everybody's item? I did not. You
1: were the only one who approached me about wanting to sacrifice their character.
4: Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't mean a sacrifice. I mean like a this is your secret thing. Don't tell anybody until you do this really cool thing with your item.
1: Uh, no, it was just you two. Dope.
3: Britt got really excited, and I believe she showed me her item or the name of it or something like that because I knew a couple things she could do before she started using it. I think it was because the name for her item was a character I had played before.
1: I was very happy with that. I also did enjoy, uh, there were a few moments where that I had dropped uh, hints uh, about uh, things that you and Brit had gotten about how that I run world of darkness games. Like I think there was a moment where that I had mentioned brightness landing hotels and the yeah. both of you just noped the fuck out of there.
3: It was great because a lot of the time Brit was in the, in the room with me or like we could have that, that moment of fuck you, Brendan, we know what this is from. And it was so great to get to share that with somebody. Cause usually it's just me being like, fuck you, Brendan. I know what this is from. And she's like, I know this reference. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was very nice getting to hear Britt be excited about knowing a reference. It was uh, very uh, it was fun. So, uh, oh, my God, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions I wanted to ask the both of you uh, about your time with the game. Uh, Do you guys have any other uh, questions, comments or anything you guys want to. I guess leave the uh, leave the listeners on.
3: Uh, I think the big thing is, I don't know if we tell you often enough, that we really do appreciate you running for us, or at least I do. I'm just going to speak yeah. for everybody else and say that they do as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, what she said. Oh,
1: I really appreciate that, guys. I, I try to put a lot of work into, into these games so that everyone can enjoy them, but I know that sometimes I... Uh, I, I know that sometimes I can be a little bit demanding about like wanting to get stuff done
3: <laughs> and I mean that makes sense if you put a lot of time into something you 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 want to be able to do the content that you spent the time on I, I feel that I, I really do especially since I started DMing and I've never would before I understand it even more so now
4: yeah plus like this is your baby that we agreed to help you on like you want to get it done and you want it to be good, and we want to do the best we can to help you do that. So, a little nudge here and there of hey, guys, do better is normal in my book.
1: All right, well, I mean, I appreciate that, guys. Um, I guess everybody in everybody who's listening to this can look forward to, uh, like a dragon blood when it it comes out. Um, I think next in the schedule is going to be, uh, we're going to wrap up, uh, what we had recorded of shadow of the demon Lord and maybe get a, uh, I don't want to say a real ending, but kind of figure out what, where that Tyler wanted to take the game. I think it would be the, uh, be the, the the way that we could do it, since we're not going to be able to actually play that game again.
3: Uh, so my hope—I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it because he's been busy with everything. Uh, he did have a place he wanted to go with it. I was hoping I get to talk to him and kind of do something similar to this to kind maybe if we can get everybody together for even just a little bit of time or interspersedly like we're doing right now, and kind of just talk to people about the game, and he can tell us where he was going with it because as i mentioned with you before we've had a lot of campaigns where we've started and stopped i'm currently dealing with that with my main dnd campaign and i i think having even if you don't finish it having something where it's like this is where i wanted to go this was my thought process it adds that closure to the story for either our listeners or the people playing the dm themselves just or all three and beyond, I just I think it's a good thing to do. So I'm gonna try and see if we can do something like that for Shadow of a Demon Lord. But so far, I believe we'll have three more episodes of it before we're done with the content that we have recorded already.
1: Yep, and then after that, I'm uh, I'm 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 either going to try and get a uh, so I've got like three games on my plate potentially right now, and. I am trying to see if I can get permission to record one of them. I have another uh, secret project that uh, I am not allowed to speak of um, that will get recorded. And I'm not sure where that that's going to get released. Um, And then we also have uh, like a dragon blooded. So like worst case scenario in like a month, like a dragon blooded is going to start coming out.
3: Yeah, I will say uh, if you haven't already mentioned it to people, we we as people have a lot going on currently. Um, A lot of us are moving. Some of us are going back to school. Uh, We're trying to see people now that it's in a safer environment to see people and try and bring some stuff back to our lives right now. So uh, we we are, and moving. I don't know if I even mentioned moving. I think the majority of us are moving in some capacity or adjusting to moving or something.
1: Or, or helping their roommates move, or.
3: Uh, but something I, I guess I can mention on here is, uh, if we can finish it up, we're intermittently between like a Dragon Blooded, doing uh some offhand D and D crazy that will get released periodically. I guess since we we discussed some stuff, we're still getting stuff figured out with that. It's basically. Take the main world at the beginning of the campaign that maybe some people listened to or not uh, that I was running. And basically, here's a side adventure for X amount of episodes. <laughs> we'll get released at some point if we get to finish it.
1: We'll get to finish it. Since it's all online, we'll definitely get to finish it.
3: Yeah, and I only have to I only have so many people in on that one. So and online does make it a little bit easier.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh that sounds good. Uh any anything else you guys wanted to talk about before I shut off the recording?
4: Uh Nah, I got I got one thing to talk about off the record, but nothing for recording other than if you haven't played Exalted versus World of Darkness and you enjoyed listening to us play Exalted versus World of Darkness, find a group of friends, get dumb. Collect your stunt dice.
3: You can find it all online. That's how we did it. So it it if it seems intimidating, take a read through. And just it, you're there to have fun. Uh if you fuck up the rules, oh no, you fucked up the rules. Just
4: Yeah. It was probably one of the most easily digestible systems that I've read through the playbook. Like everything's just there. Anything that's not in the rule book, it's just like, yeah. Make it up. Whatever.
3: Yeah, like, I don't even know if stunting was technically in there, was it? It's been a while. It
1: was. It was actually in there. Uh, the basic rules for stunting is is that uh, if that you stunted, I could never raise the difficulty.
3: Ah, okay. I just couldn't remember. I know it's in regular exalted. I,
1: I do prefer the regular exalted way, but I can totally see how that me giving you guys two dice and an X and a boat and an extra success just for describing it could skew dice numbers on an already small dice scale.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess other than that, go Sharks.
4: Go Sharks.
1: Go Sharks. All right, we are recording. Nice. Oh man, you didn't say the fucking
2: thing. What's the thing? Uh, are you recording me? Uh, oh, are you recording me, Brendan? Yeah, one, yeah. one time, one last chip for old times' sake. We'll do it five <laughs> times. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, hey, exactly. You know, yeah. A little peek
1: behind the curtain there for like a dragon blooded when we get to that.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Audience, be, uh, we have to record me every time because Brendan keeps deleting me. <laughs> I didn't delete you. I just put you on mute by accident for a likely
1: story for D and D. And then we might have lost the first first session.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I am not looking forward to recording that. I wouldn't want to hear me talk either. It's okay.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) It's fine. I'm sure that everybody's looking forward to hearing you with a new mic. So anyway, um, Tyler, uh, hello, welcome. Uh, I'm doing a little uh, after-game interview thing to figure out how the people felt about the game, if they had any questions or anything. So um, I'm going to start you off with the same question that I've started the other three off with, which is, uh, what got you into tabletop role-playing?
2: What got me into tabletop role-playing? Uh... I didn't like when I was a kid that I got told to stop daydreaming, so I found a way to do it in a productive manner. Well,
1: damn. Yeah. Uh, what was your? Uh, I guess what was your first
2: system then? Uh, <laughs> the first system—that's <sighs> a toss-up. On my first, the first time that I think I really played a game uh, was was uh, Shadowrun Second Edition. Uh, my buddy James ran it when we were, I, I think I was 19 when we started. But the first system I ever played in, in earnest, was actually a Pokemon tabletop when I was like 18. It was based off of D&D, and it was just corny. And we all had awful, like, blatant ripoff characters, and it was just goofy murder hobo nonsense. It was hilarious, but it was awful.
1: That actually sounds uh pretty rad. Uh, the it
2: was it was very not rad. It was very corny. <laughs> at the hey. time, we at, at the time, me and my friends were really big into like awful music memes, and I based my character off of Pitbull. Uh, don't, you know, don't I'm gonna leave it there. Let's just move on.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Well, you know, Britt Brit started off with pa- uh, a Pathfinder hack to play a How to Train Your Dragon game.
2: Okay, that makes me feel better. Someone can share in my embarrassment.
1: Exactly, exactly. So was this your, uh, uh playing versus World of Darkness, was this your, I know this was your first time playing Exalted, was this also your first time playing World of Darkness? Absolutely. I'm terrified that I have somehow done this.
2: I, uh, I, you actually improved my view of the game a lot, because the, the only, I didn't really know that there was so much more to it, 'Cause the only thing I knew about World of Darkness was like vampires. That was the popular media that I heard about for the game. And uh vampires aren't really my shtick, not really my aesthetic, not really my uh genre. So I didn't think too highly of the of the world. Uh, and you you changed mind a little bit. So good on you. Hi. I I
1: actually feel really good that I've done that then. And then this was uh, also your your first take on Exalted. So uh, how did you feel basically, I guess, running through the setting and smashing everything?
2: Running through the setting, not making medicine rolls. Um, The power scale took me a little bit to get used to. I'm not going to lie, because it was very different from what I've been used to. Uh, You get a lot of power up front. Um, But overall, I had a very genuinely amazing time with that system. And uh, I felt very... uh, The character I was playing helped me in a way that I didn't realize that I needed. That's really good to hear. I'm glad that you had that experience then, bud. It wasn't so much like... Uh behind the curtain here, uh, listeners, uh, I'm actually currently in, in nursing school in real life. Uh, and when we started playing this game, I was tossing the idea around. And uh, even if it was like, but for a moment and not totally real, um, the concept of being someone who is dedicated to the care of others really helped me get that thought process and decision through my head to actually do it.
1: That is genuinely like uh, that. That that is probably one of the sweetest things that I have ever heard, and I am legitimately <laughs> like a little. I'm a little teary eyed at the thought that because, th- not that I helped do this thing, not that I am the grand arbiter of fate, but that you know I could. Help you enabled new- me
2: to 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 put on the training re- wheels of caring for people for a living. And I appreciate you doing that it was it was a good thing for me it, it helped me get my mind through i'm I'm really glad me too so
1: um it's first time that you got to play in the system um I know that system, especially in combat, can get really crunchy um do you have any like i guess Trying to think of a way to put this. Like any any things he would have. Do-, uh, do you have any things you would have done differently if we could go back and play the game again?
2: You know, I I, I, I genuinely was pretty pretty on board with uh oh yeah make my medicine rolls. Good point. <laughs> um, I think no, I don't think I would have changed my character, my decision for a build at all. Um, I think I would have. Um, how to say? If I had the choice, I think I might have um, perhaps engaged with some content more. Um, I was especially early on. Uh, you GMing was a new thing to me, and I probably held back a little bit. But I've got. I've kind of gotten through that. I think. I certainly don't give much of a care about my current character or, or like a dragon blooded game.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that you've been doing playing a a punk in that game, uh, really good justice. Thank you. I, I'm very excited for the act two uh, side quest turnaround when you when it, you guys properly taught those uh those punks how to how to be punk. Yeah. Um, so were there any, like, hanging plot threads that you remember that you maybe want some, uh, clarification on or anything, since I can
2: kind of give that to you? Um, hmm, that's a thinker. Give me a moment to evaluate. That is one thing I will say that I would have wanted more of if I could make the choice. Uh, I would have wanted more harder decisions for my character personally. The idea of like moral confliction is kind of baked in to live as a character. And that's my only critique is I would have maybe liked a little bit more of that. But that's it's a small thing. Um in terms of plot points, um I actually as a as a proud Yeehaw myself, would have liked to learn more about Lily's family, actually. That's other than that. That's it.
1: Well, uh, f- fun story. You can actually learn more about his canon family through uh, uh, just reading the the book. The, the The Van Zants are literally in the uh, in in the core rulebook for Exalted for Sorald Darkness.
2: Oh, oh, well, there you go. Uh,
1: th- there is a specific reason why they were all dragon blooded because they are an actual dragon blooded family that appears in the book. Fair enough. And they are all, uh, I think that they, they're technically by the book rules supposed to only have one dragon's nest, which is in Tasmania, I believe. Which is, you know, pretty close to Australia, which is why I gave them all horrible Australian accents that I'm now banned from the continent
2: of Australia for. Hmm. I'm still waiting for the American heartland to ban you. I'm hopeful. (laughs) Oh, um... And uh what would uh, what would live's relationship with his family have been after the events of the Battle of Brooklyn
1: Well now there's a thinker. Mhm. Isn't it? I want to say that uh, after the Battle of Brooklyn, the relationship that Liv would have had with his family would have obviously been changed. Um, there there would be no hiding the supernatural at that point. No. I wanna say that they would
2: Part they of would, think that it would have would have almost been like an aha moment, like, ah, uh, yes, that's why our son is so weird now. Yeah, I think
1: I think that it would have been, but there definitely would have been a like a strained moment about it where that, uh, yeah, they were a a little confused about some things, especially you being uh, basically dead and then having to go, wait a minute. You mean that that you mean that big dumb idiot that you brought with you like wasn't lying and that you actually did get shot? Oh, my
2: sweet baby boy. (laughs) Yeah, there's probably a good bit of grief baked into that, too. Like, no, the the son that you had is never going to be back. That's not, not who I am anymore. Uh, he died. And I'm here now, so. Yeah, I I feel like that there would be a lot
1: of... Uh, I feel like that, uh, kind of like how that I hinted with the, the little epilogue that I gave to you, that um, there would be... Uh, that that live became kind of a a I don't want to say like a ghost counselor, but that's kind of how that I a ghost like uh, doctor, but that's kind of how I saw like him going in the end is like doing doing well for everyone, but only being able to do well for like ghosts.
0: Yeah, you
2: so, know. I- that I don't think I have any, any way, errant thoughts. Do you have any questions for, for me about Liv that you wanted answered but never figured out? Oh boy, um,
3: I didn't even think to ask him that when we were doing ours. <laughs>
1: Um, I think that one of the things that I was always really curious about with Liv is uh, what was he going to do with that plague?
2: Uh, uh, Take it to his grave. Because if it escaped on his watch, at least he could blame himself and didn't have to rely on anybody else. That's fair. Um it's a bit of a thought behind the process of how I made this character. I I loosely put it baked in the idea of like it's very common to like experience pretty pretty traumatic events or even like awful things happening in life and you either like kind of fall apart or you dive into your work and that's all that sustains you. And that trope was kind of baked into what Liv was. Um, Well, I got, here I am now. I'm in this awful situation, and I can't do what I wanted to spend my whole life doing. I wanted to, Liv wanted to be a doctor and help people for his entire life. And he couldn't do that in the traditional sense. So he had to dive headfirst into doing that in any way that he could. That's how he, that's how he sustained himself mentally and physically, in my mind. Cause that's like, specifically anything medical. Um, you don't. It's not a job. It's a. It's a. It's a personality. Um, you. You don't. You're not a doctor or a nurse for a living. You are a doctor or you are a nurse. You just are. That's who you are. That never changes. Even with crazy, crazy supernatural circumstances, you just do what you can.
1: That's actually a really interesting insight into the character. I really appreciate you bringing that to the table. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think on if there's anything else that I needed to talk to you about besides that. I guess... I don't know. Like We jumped the shark a lot in this game. What was
2: your favorite... We're getting into going in. Well, you, your... you you want you wanted to uh, you wanted uh you wanted to make a comic book, but in t- tabletop form, and you did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. So then I'm gonna ask, what was your favorite shark jump?
2: Favorite shark jump. Um. <sighs> oh man. What do you think? I think your worst shark jump was the technocracy thing with, with Lucky that we were getting chased. I feel like that was pretty pretty shark jumpy. Um my favorite? The Ninja Turtles.
1: Of course it's gonna be the Ninja Turtles. It's gonna be
2: Cowabunga dude. It's gotta be. <laughs>
1: That, that wasn't even planned. It was just you said a thing, and I went, and you oh no, I have a it and ran it downfield.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you ran downfield faster than Lenny could. <laughs> no, that was uh that was hilarious, and also, you randomly indulged my I.F. Sauron idea for New York.
1: I enjoyed doing the Eye of Sauron thing. I thought that it was pretty rad. And then you also like you you actually played like a you, you actually played a pretty big part in that since that you were kind of the point of contact with the uh, with the comic book club.
2: Yeah, uh, I would have liked to have interacted with them more too. Now that you mention it, they were neat characters, and we kind of like never went back after the first time.
1: <laughs> I would have liked to of. Uh, Honestly, if I could go back and run the game again, I would have. I w- I would give it, like, double the sessions and that I could just slow it the fuck down and just pump the brakes and just let us enjoy the scenery and then see what you guys do. Because I think that we had a pretty good, like... I think we honestly had a pretty good uh, pace going up until, like, the Giovanni stuff, and then alumni week hit, and then we had to do the museum heist because I wanted to run a game for everyone. And I I I kind of regret doing that because then nah, I wanted to nah, jump nah, sharks.
2: Nah, 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 nah. That was great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess that that'll probably do it. Uh I'll probably make this more of a uh constant thing as we uh produce more content and just kind of get to talk to people about things because i i also like checking up with you guys to make sure that uh one you guys are enjoying it and two kind of getting your personal thoughts on things yeah man uh because like you know just you telling me about the the thing with live like that really is like a, a like a big old eye opener for me yeah um, I think that I mentioned it in like one of the other, uh, recordings, I think the one with Brit, but if anyone has any questions, they can send them into, uh, a pair of dice lost at gmail.com or, uh, do hit up the Facebook on a pair of dice lost podcasting or, uh, the Twitter at a pair of dice lost. Uh, if we get some questions in the backlog, I'd be happy to get the group on to like group answer questions. I think please be, ask uh, us
2: questions, pick my brain. I'll tell you everything. You heard the man pick his brain. He'll tell you everything.
1: What are the nuclear launch codes, Tyler? What do the numbers mean, Mason? <laughs>
2: uh, but before we go, um, thank you for running for us, Brendan. And uh, thank you guys. If you're listening to this for listening to us, it's uh this is kind of my stress relief. Thank you for letting me do it.
1: Yeah, of course, man. It's uh, it is honestly a pleasure to tell stories with you guys.
2: Agreed. The feeling is mutual.